This is the Ask the Experts 401k podcast. Welcome to the Ask the Experts 401k podcast. My name is Sharon Pivarotto. I'm here to help financial advisors grow a successful and compliant 401k practice. Each week, we're going to cover how some of the most accomplished advisors, industry experts, and thought leaders approach selling and servicing 401k plans so you learn and leverage their wisdom and experience to grow and protect your business. Do you want more resources, strategies, and best practices like the ones we're about to share on this episode? Then you're going to want to do two things. The first is to subscribe to the Ask the Experts podcast on iTunes so you don't miss out on new ideas from future conversations. After this, you're going to want to check out my main site, 401kbestpractices.com. When you enter your email address to join the 401k best practice community, you'll get access to my most advanced strategies and resources to grow and protect your 401k business. Again, that's 401kbestpractices.com. Welcome to our second episode of the Ask the Experts 401k podcast. In this episode, you'll hear from Maria Marsala, founder of Elevating Your Business and business coach to financial advisors, planners, and brokers. I recently reviewed a service she offers called the One Page Business Plan, and I'll post a link to that overview in the notes section of this podcast. But after going through that review, I realized that one of the biggest obstacles many 401k advisors face when trying to grow their practice is the lack of a clearly defined plan that's the basis really for setting goals, identifying strategies and activities, and proactively working towards an end result. So I'm pleased to bend Maria's ear to offer some suggestions for what you need to know and do when developing a business plan for your 401k practice. Maria, I think a common misconception a lot of advisors have is that developing a business plan takes months, thousands of dollars, then may never actually get implemented or followed. Is this true? Well, I can tell you that can be the case because I've actually taught business plan classes at uh, business incubators where I was teaching somebody how to create, you know, a 40, 50 page plan. Um, Most often they were looking, this was somebody who really didn't know much about business at all and needed funding for their business. And so going through that really long, long process uh, was a, a learning experience for them. But um, I, I didn't want to do that kind of plan for my business, and I never did. And not having a plan even in, in my own business, I found I was pretty much scatterbrained. So when I found the one-page business plan, um, you know, my first thought was, oh, this can't be very good because it's only on one page. Uh, but then when I went to a workshop and walked through the process, I said, wow, you know, this is really my tool for not only growing my, my company, but also um, as a business owner, I, had, I was having a problem with uh, keeping priorities and, you know, all the new bling that was coming about. And so being unfocused was definitely something that I was having a problem dealing with. And by creating this kind of plan, I was able to get very, very focused. So uh, that's definitely uh, 
to me, that's one of the main things that it brings any kind of firm is you get very focused on what the priorities are for your company. Well, tell me, Maria, what do you think is the most important thing 401k advisors should keep in mind as they set about to develop a business plan? Well, the most important thing is what their vision is. What and and I would say you need to create three visions. One for now. You always want to have an end result vision. So an exit strategy kind of a vision. And then something for somewhere in between. I think it's important to have three visions to help you make better decisions and not just make decisions based on, you know, what's in front of you right now, which usually means you're very um, reactive in your business. But to be more proactive, you, you need all three. You, you want to have a mission for your business. You know, basically, how is your business going to help the client? You, want, you, 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 you have to set goals. You know, where do you want to be? Let's say if you're doing a, a plan for a year from now, where do you want to be a year from now? Um, I, I like to ask the question, what do you want to be celebrating a year from now? You know, how many, how many uh, employees do you want to have? How many clients? Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your sales? You know, whatever those numbers may be. Um, strategies. And then action plan. And before you do, and before you do that, you want to do what most quote, regular business owners do. You know, they, they create a uh, SWOT, S-W-O-T, strength, strengths, opportunities, uh, threats, and W just went right by me, uh, weaknesses, all right? Not, not surprising that one went right by me. But you want to create that kind of a document. You want to have an assessment of where is your business right now. You know, you, you want to do some what I call pre-homework um, Stuff just like you give, just like advisors give their clients homework to do. They may not call it homework, um, you know, to go bring in this form and that form and you know, fill out this or whatever before they even uh, speak with them. You want to do some of that pre-homework stuff first, and then and then create your plan. So, Maria, let me ask you: How do you assess kind of where you are now in order to come up with kind of your SWOT? Anybody who joins my newsletter, I, I give out uh, a business checkup or a business audit. And it usually takes no more than 15 or 20 minutes to fully uh, create because it's three different uh, assessments in one. But it really lets you take a snapshot of where your business is right now. And I recommend that if for clients with teams that they actually give those three assessments to their staff and, you know, have a conversation about things uh, because sometimes what you think as a business owner is happening is not necessarily the reality of, of what other people are seeing and other people's perspective is really, really important. But you want assessments that are very easy, you know, uh, you number something from zero to five and you don't have to add stuff up. Uh, you check boxes off, you know, that kind of assessments really, 
I find are much more appropriate, especially since people are more willing to complete them. Uh, and, and to know where your business is right now, to take that snapshot or uh, to look down on your business from, a, from an airplane, you know, what are other people seeing is, is very important to your planning process. Maria, what are some of the things that you look at or that an advisor should look at when doing that initial assessment? I look at business operations. Um, I look at marketing. That would be another big section. And I look at production. And there are, uh, I, I think the first assessment, uh, the first system assessment actually looks at all three of those things. The other two uh, assessments, I have one on your ideal client and one on pricing your, your services. I'm, I'm glad you look at pricing. It seems like for so many advisors, that's an area where there's just so much wiggle room. There's not real consistent standards in the 401k industry as to what one should charge for specific services. So looking at pricing, I think, is, is probably maybe one of the biggest areas in identifying where you're at and where you need to be and where you want to be. And it, and it really depends on who your clients are, you know, what services you're providing. And, you know, one of the things with the pricing that I've had people tell me, you know, that my assessment doesn't help them necessarily figure out what they are going to price something at, but it lets them see where they're leaking money, you know, meaning that they're doing a lot of stuff that they don't realize for free that maybe they should be getting paid for. So, so even though the leaking, you know, helping somebody realize where they're leaking money and, you know, they'll say to me, oh, I didn't realize people got paid for that. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people do. You just have not been, you know, you've been doing that particular thing, uh, thing for free. And the ideal client profile, I have a lot of client, you know, prospects uh, who become clients who tell me, yeah, I have an ideal client, and they'll, you know, they'll give me a little description, and I know that in my words, they don't have an ideal client profile. And they'll do the assessment, and they'll realize they just have the beginning piece, and that's what the problem is. It's not that they they don't have an idea of, you know, what market they want to be in, but they don't know all the other stuff about that market that would that would really help them focus and, and earn a lot more money than they're making. You're right, too. I, I see that as a big challenge with a lot of 401k advisors is defining kind of that niche market, that ideal client. You have to kind of really look to say who specifically do you want to serve and how can you fit them into a specific demographic. And it's often a challenge to, to, to do that for a lot of businesses because you don't want to necessarily eliminate the opportunity to bring in revenue and bring in new clients by narrowing your focus too much. I think it's something that can actually help an advisory practice when they become a clear solution to a specific client profile. De definitely. And if you, if you as an advisor or a business owner can have a conversation with a prospect and somebody asks you, who you're, you know, who, who's the kind of client you work with, and you can have a story that goes along with that, they can either phase themselves out of becoming a client for you or jump on becoming a client for you. And so 
they actually can can do that for you without you trying to figure it out. So it works really well. And I find that people do like a story. So at the end of the exercise, they end up with a list of attributes of their ideal client. And what I tell them to do next is to create a story about that client. Even making up a name. So if they're working with doctors, it's, you know, Dr. Summer, Summerware, you know, is a doctor who does blah, 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 and you kind of go into it that way because people are more apt to uh, screen themselves in or out right then and there, and then you won't waste your time as an advisor with someone who is not a good client for you. Um, and they'll, you know, and if they tell you that they're not a good client for you, get some more information and maybe you can refer them to another person and you know you make some brownie points that way. So Maria, after going through the exercise of kind of identifying and assessing where you're currently at now, um, I would think the next step then is to kind of create goals, is that right? How, how do you go about kind of introducing that next step of, of creating clear goals as part of the business plan? One of your goals is really set for you automatically when you create a vision because in your vision, one of the last things in the process I use uh, is uh, how many team members you're going to have in a year. Let's just say if you're looking at the one for a year. Um, what your uh, assets under management might be in a year and what your profit, what, whatever number you want to put, whether it's sales or profit, uh, gross, will will be so that's that really is the is what you're looking to make sure you accomplish when you write your goal so your first goal is going to be you know if you only have uh, two people on staff right now and one of your goals was to have five well you want to increase the amount of staff from three to five by a certain date uh, the the same thing with the the assets under management you can put that as one of your goals and what is it now and what do you want to in increase it to and and your profit you know what's what's the profit because sometimes the assets under management you know is not a clear enough number to figure out you know what exactly your your profit is so to create your goals that's the beginning of it and I only I have clients create nine goals and those goals are going to go back to helping you create the vision that you expected you expect to have in in the next year let's say on a on a one-year plan okay so once you have kind of clearly defined goals as part of your vision is the next step then to kind of create specific tasks and action steps that'll help you accomplish those goals well, I think the, the first part would be before working on the action plan part is to really take a look at the strategies. And for each strategy um, on the process, uh, I use the one-page plan, you'll create three strategies. So uh, you'll create three specific strategies. So let's say you want to, um, one of your goals, uh, you know, was to increase uh, the assets under management. So in the strategies, you've got to have strategies down there that are going to help you to do that, whether it's online marketing, and then you're going to have three ways you're going to do online marketing. If it's going to be in-person marketing, 
what are three ways you're going to do in-person marketing. So if I had to say what's a big mistake people make, other than not writing this stuff down, which only, according to statistics, 11% of advisors have a plan, um, the other piece is, is that they, they don't take the time to figure out what the best strategies are for reaching their ideal clients. And so any strategy that anybody is doing, they're going to try. And it's probably going to be too many strategies. And they're not going to be consistent, so they're not going to get the results that they really want. Strategies is really one of those areas where an advisor has to clearly understand and identify what specific strategies they're going to focus on because it's too easy to get kind of caught up in the strategies that you hear are working for other folks, but it's really important to identify which ones will work for you, which ones are effective in 401k industry, in 401k marketing, and which specific ones as an advisor you find enjoyable and effortless and easy because anything else is just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yes, and bring, you bring up a really good point. You know, you, you don't want to bring in a strategy or that you just don't like doing. If you don't, I, when I do even webinars, I have small groups because I just don't, I'm, I'm an introvert, so I prefer not being in front of a zillion people at, at a time. When somebody asks me to do a keynote speech, I tell them no. I just do not want to do that. If somebody asks me to do a three-hour worksheet workshop for 40 people, um, you know, or even more than that, I'm more apt to, you know, do that to work, have people working in groups or small small groups of people. You've got to know who you are as a person, um, and just not do marketing because some, you know, guru advisor is doing it and it's working for them you know it may not work for you they've got a different personality they've got different clients so finding stuff that's enjoyable to do stuff that's easy to do more importantly that's targeted to who your ideal clients are um, you know is really really important so Maria once an advisor identifies what strategies they're going to employ how do they make sure to identify all of the different action steps that are needed in order to effectively implement that specific strategy? Well, so to, to me, this is where a lot of coaching comes into play because let's say they don't have a website. Let's do something simple. And, or, or they've got, you know, they use their LinkedIn profile as their website, which I, I tell people to do if they don't have a website. So, how, how are they going to know necessarily all the pieces that go into that particular action? Well, they may not know. So they'll write down, you know, create website by April of whatever year. And then I'll tell them, write down what you think goes into doing that specific process. And they'll, you know, they'll write a list down or we'll, I'll write it down as we're talking about it on the phone. And then I'll say, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about the other thing? You know, and they'll be surprised of all the different steps that might really be necessary, steps that they would not have even thought about as, uh, as they were doing it, that would be helpful to have in that particular action. So now maybe their list of four things is 10 or 11 things, and they'll say, wow, that's a lot of stuff. 
And I say, yeah, that's a lot of stuff, but think, also think about it this way. That stuff you now know needs to be done. Let's give them dates, you know, based on what should come first and what should come second. And aren't you going to be much better off now knowing you need to be doing all this other stuff instead of starting this process and then you realize, hmm, I don't have this, so I can't do this other piece. You know, so it really helps to have someone else to brainstorm with. Um, and, you know, I tell people it's really good to brainstorm with your family if you want to be yes to death because, you know, they're, they're wonderful. They're wonderful people and they love you, but they can't always be, um, you know, uh, unbiased. And it's, it's much better if you can brainstorm with um, somebody knowledgeable in what you're trying to do. And, and also bring in your staff because uh, staff you know, when it comes to the action plans and figuring out a to-do list for each of the actions that you're going to take, your staff um, can be more than helpful in, in doing that. So besides kind of the common mistake of trying to do it all themselves without kind of a, an, an objective third party looking at the plan, um, what other common mistakes do you see advisors make in, in developing and implementing a business plan? Hmm, other mistakes that they make. Oh, they put down what they've been doing instead of what they could be doing. So basically what they're doing is they're taking what's in their head and putting it down on paper. But most often that has gotten them where they are right now instead of taking it up a bunch of notches. So one of the things that um, I help with is taking up their plan to a bunch of notches. So if uh, an advisor, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a conversation with an advisor and they, you know, basically told me what they wanted to accomplish and what their vision was and they wanted to have one office in the city that they were living in. They were currently um, working out of their house and uh, a part-time office that they rented. But by the time I got done with the conversation, I found out that they really wanted to have offices in two different states. And, you know, and I said to them, well, if that's what you want to have, that's what we need to plan for. One of the, the issues that usually I hear about is, you know, that, that an advisor is frustrated and struggling with all the stuff they need to, to be able to do and how they end up being more reactive than proactive. Well, if you make every business decision based on where you are now, and where you want to end up, your firm will be much better off, as will all your staff and, and yourself. The, the other mistake is that they, they put things down that are comfortable. So, you know, maybe they, uh, you know, they're making X amount of money this year and, and they figure, well, next year I, I should be able to make, you know, $50,000 more. I'm just using, you know, small rounded numbers here. That, that's usually a very comfortable number. You know, if you're comfortable where you are, complacent where you are, you know, right now in the, the money end of your, your firm, 
uh, you'll pick those very comfortable, comfortable numbers. But if you want to really succeed, you need to be a little uncomfortable with the numbers that you pick. That'll give you more of a, a push in all the different strategies that you pick. And that will bring you up a level or two uh, definitely in your business. Now, you still want to be realistic. You know, you don't want to say that you're going to go from a quarter of a million dollars to a half a million dollars, but, you know, you don't want to hire anybody new. I mean, that's, you know, kind of not being realistic. So you want your number to be realistic, but you don't want it to be comfortable. You want it to give you a little push, which will give you an edge on, on accomplishing that. All right, so Maria, it, it seems like a lot of what I hear you talking about um, refers to a team and, and, you know, individuals to help fulfill or implement the action steps. What, what do you say to the advisor that's listening that's a one-man shop? I mean, is building or developing a business plan really important if you're just a one-man shop? Yes, and if, if you don't have a team, let's look at putting one in place. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a team of employees. It could be a team of consultants. You know, once you, once you hire a coach, for example, you now have a member of your team. If you hire a virtual assistant, you have a member of your team. If you hire a web designer, you have a member of your team. So you can, and, and most solo business owners do create a team based on hiring consultants to, to help them out. So once an advisor has developed this business plan, what can they do to make sure that it doesn't just sit on the shelf, get in the file, and not actually become part of how they run or manage their business going forward? Well, there's a couple of different ways. Number one, you should keep the plan on your desk at all times. And, and make sure that anybody that you're working with has a copy of your plan. <clears throat> Even the consultants that you're working with, it'll really help them to help you in the best light possible. But the next piece of the answer is going to be anywhere from an Excel spreadsheet to a project management system. So what you want to do is you want to take the actions that you have created and actually turn them into the reality of what's happening in your firm. So let's go back to the web, uh, the web uh, site again. If you have an Excel spreadsheet, you put the action on the top of the page, you put all the to-do lists down the side of the page, and you put dates on everything. You can put those things in your Outlook calendar you know, on the very simple end of doing them. On the, the more expensive end, you can create a project, man, you know, you can learn how to use a project management system and, uh, and actually put everything in a project management system and let the system remind you that, uh, you know, you need to do this by this date and this other thing by the other date. Um, <clears throat> I have an online system that, that basically helps them to do that uh, you know, so I have some clients doing Excel spreadsheets, and I have other clients using the online system to monitor their efforts, and then I have other clients who um, have large enough teams that they've been using a project management system, and they'll put everything in the project management system. 
And so you're doing this stuff every day. So if your website, if the next thing you need to do on your website is to create a name for your website and, and buy a domain name, what are, what are the steps that go into doing that task? And then you give that dates and you accomplish those things on the dates that you say you're going to accomplish them. Now, one of the things I tell advisors is to not drive themselves crazy, but that they really need to put aside three hours a week at a minimum. Um, eight hours is nice, but three hours at least in the beginning to just work on their plan. That besides being an advisor at at this point in your business, you know, you are the business manager and you need to do those, those, you know, get those tasks done that need to be done. If you've got a team, then that means dishing out those action steps. If you've got a marketing person, you know, you can say, you know, this needs to be done by this date. You know, let's talk about what you need to get to be able to get that done. So there's no one way of executing the plan, but definitely, you know, having something in some kind of a system that you are going to use and that your staff will use as you grow is really the way to go. Well, here's a question then, Maria. How much time should an advisor expect to spend on developing a business plan for their business? The regular 40 to 50 page plan can take somebody a month's worth of time. A minimum $10,000 Anywhere up to $100,000. Okay, I'm, uh, at this point I think a lot of people are about to click off and stop listening to this podcast. Are you serious? <laughs> well, that's the reality. Most people don't know that, you know, you're talking about four hours of, you know, eight out. I mean, four weeks of eight hour days. I mean, you know, that's a... A nice, uh, a nice piece of change. So, um, you know, it, it is, and it may take a little bit longer than that. And if you've got to put photos in it and other stuff, it's going to take even longer. But you know, that really is the reality. Um, there are there are ways to shorten that particular reality. The uh, Small Business Association um, Administration website has a template. Um, you know, for the longer plan, and that's still going to take you two or three weeks to create because I've had clients who needed to create that kind of plan, and it, it was a, a more lengthy process. What I find is that more advisors need a, um, a kick in the rear <laughs> more than anything, and I think that's what the, the one-page one business plan uh, provides. To create a one-page business plan can take, the longest it's ever taken, one of my clients is 20 hours. Averages, average um, is probably between 8 and 10 hours. So that's on one to two planning days in the first year. And then because you really know what you're doing, hopefully in the second year, it takes two or three hours. Okay. I'm glad to hear that, Maria. I think um, hopefully not everybody clicked off so that they could s listen to, you know, how much time it actually 
would take to develop a business plan using a tool that you offer called the one-page business plan. So it doesn't have to be that expensive or that time intensive. Um, you know what, one of the things that, that you told me when we were having a conversation the other day was that while you have the op while you provide um, the assessments, the business plan, the templates, all of the online tools for advisors to go in and do the one-page business plan themselves, you also offer an, an option where you'll just do it for them. Well, I shouldn't say for them, with them. Kind of the do it with me, get it knocked out in a weekend sort of an, a service. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I think a lot of advisors, while it's nice to be able to, you know, go in and, and simply do it yourself, having the guidance of somebody like yourself to go through it with them and make sure it gets done and gets done right in a specific short amount of time would be extremely beneficial. So tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, yeah. I, I will um, get on Skype, and this actually is one of my most uh, commonly asked for uh, programs, even though I have programs where it's a little more do-it-yourself, etc., um, where I do give, as you mentioned, I give them templates and stuff to fill out. But more often, I have clients who say, I just want it done and over with, and I want to start using it. And so I created this plan, in, uh, plan on steroids, on, which, which happens over a weekend. And I will sit with the client either in person, on Skype, on the phone, because one of the things about plans is that you cannot have, and this might go under the myths, you cannot have somebody else create your plan. Not the plan that you're going to use every day to run your company. It, you know, you, having somebody else do it, they're going to create a business that may not look like what you really want. So I will sit with somebody and, I, and all they have to do is let me know when they need a break. And I will start at the beginning. I'll, get, I'll write the three visions for them. I'll, I'll do the mission statement with them the goals, objectives, and, and action plans and clarify everything they're doing and everything they say to me, which is usually why it you know ends up taking more towards 12 hours, sometimes a little bit more. Um, and the end result is they will have their plan in a Word document ready to use. Thanks for explaining that. My next question, and you, could, you, you know this one's coming, what is the, the cost? Um, if somebody wanted to do the kind of the do-it-yourself and access the templates, and if somebody wanted to do the do-it-with-me or get Maria to get do it for me over the weekend, um, what are the costs that an advisor would typically expect to pay for a service like that? Yeah, the um, the the first option is where I give them the templates and they get 90 minutes of uh, coaching, and then they have uh, email me all during the month that they're doing this, they have to set aside a month and, and get it done. Um, and that, that plan is 997. And then the plan, the process where I do the plan with the other person answering the questions and I'm doing the writing and I'm doing the clarification and stuff, that, uh, that process along with the online monitoring system that spoke about a little bit uh, uh, a while ago to monitor your actions, that's uh, $3,500, you know, and you get access to the online system for a year. 
So you don't get any extra coaching, but we create the plan, it's online, and the action steps are ready for you to start taking. I didn't actually expect you to say the price would be that low. It actually seems seems like uh, you're you're giving away a fantastic deal. Um, the the do it yourself, um, and especially the do it with me or for me over the weekend is is uh, a great deal. Um, obviously, I, I think that advisors, if you want to successfully grow your four hundred one k business, I think it's vital that you have some sort of plan in place that outlines your goals and objectives and what specifically you're going to do to strategically meet those goals for your business. Yeah, and you'll be, I, I appreciate that about the price. Um, I, I think it's so really important for an advisor to create a plan. And I'll, I'll tell you what, one way that you probably don't, you, you probably don't see anybody writing, writing about this too often how can you expect an advisor to have empathy for your clients who you want to take action on whatever process that you're doing if you've never done the planning system yourself? It, it really, I've, I've heard clients tell me it's changed the dynamic of how they work with clients because they now have their own plan. That makes sense. I could see how how that would help a plan for the planner. Now, Maria, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, um, obviously you gave out some resources. The Small Business Association has a template, but you offer a one-page business plan, and based on the pricing that you just told me, I think if somebody wanted to develop a business plan, and they should, but if they wanted to look to get assistance in doing that, how do they contact you um, to learn more about the one-page business plan you offer and to, to get some assistance in developing that? They can go to elevatingyourbusiness.com, and there are plenty of ways to get in, in touch with me, from phone to Skype to, to email to writing to me. So, Well, thank you, Maria. Thank you so much for being our guest today on this episode of the 401k Ask the Experts podcast. I really appreciate you sharing the insight in how to develop and what should go into a business plan, and also for offering the services that you do, the one-page business plan and your assistance in getting it done. Um, I will post the information on how people can contact you in the notes section of this episode. And thank you again for being the expert today. Thank you for inviting me, and um, I look forward to uh, working with you again in the future.